today on the Terrible Warriors. A new campaign in our after-the-bomb world. Yeah, we're just pulling down Palladium books off the shelf now and just going, oh, that looks cool. So return to our wasteland world of mutant animals as Derek, Julian, Mike, and Andy find themselves caught up in a plan that is out of this world because they're going to space. Because this is Mutants in Orbit, and they are your terrible warriors. Welcome to the Terrible Warriors. I'm your game master for this campaign, Justin Eacock. It's so great to be back here in the chair. I've uh, been playing as a player for a while, so now we're back to it, and we're not playing a Powered by Apocalypse game. I promised I wouldn't do that for a while. Uh, we are returning to a classic campaign that we started in like the first or second year of the Terrible Warriors. So uh, more on that in a second. First, your players, as we sit around the table, uh, beginning with uh, my counterpart out in Edmonton, who starts with his uh, his crew and, and, and has new episodes out every Thursday. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I'm Derek the Bard from the Edmonton crew, and I'm feeling fine. Oh my goodness! And uh, and and from our Skype games and our long form campaign game master general, uh, we have uh, sitting in the throne. You have no idea how true that actually is. It is I, Mike the Birdman Dodd from This Week in Geek. Dot net, and I'm not wearing any pants, and, and you'd never know otherwise. And just between the three of us, uh, I feel like we, we form like the corners of a triangle. I have the local games here in Toronto in the studio. Derek has his improvised madcap nonsense out in Edmonton. And uh, Dodd, you spearhead our sort of like our global correspondence with players from Skype and from all over the place, and uh, and we do that online uh, so we can get everyone in. So obviously, and together we are wild stallions. <laughs> So, obviously, most of this game is happening on Skype. Uh, Julian will be joining us later in the studio with me. Uh, he hasn't arrived yet. Shame. <laughs> and welcoming to the show, uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, you will know that one of the reward packs that you can sign up for is to be a guest on the show. We have already recorded with a player. Uh, by the time you've heard this, that episode with Star Wars has likely already been released. Uh, so second or maybe our third guest on the podcast since we started with Patreon. Uh, welcome to the show, Andy. Hello, I'm Andy Hughes. Uh, go by Light on Light 2002 on the Twitters. On the Twitters. And uh, you have actually have played Palladium in the past, or at least you know about it, so uh, we had some um, fun. Mostly Rips, a little Robotech, didn't really, and, and dabbled with the fantasy setting. Well, thank you for supporting the show uh, and for bribing your way into a player chair. No problem. This was best birthday present I've ever gotten for myself. Well, shucks. Now I <laughs> should. We don't disappoint you too much. And here I oh, am. Oh no, no, no! I've had fun with you guys. I've had fun listening to you guys' campaign. To heck, uh, my one of my IRC groups actually started doing a variation of video game Expendables. Oh, that's very, very cool. cool. Oh, you should send us a play report. We'll we'll post about it. We've we've <laughs> we've been asking people to send us reports if they ever play a game inspired by our show, and no one ever has. Even though I know people have played games inspired by the show. So it is more Saints Row meets video game Expendables because one of the characters is the boss. That's legit. <laughs> well, now I feel really bad about what I'm going to do to your character in the next three hours. <laughs> I don't. So. 
uh, to set the scene uh, for uh, for y'all, uh, we are returning to After the Bomb. Uh, After the Bomb was originally an expansion to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG by Palladium, and then when they lost the uh, uh, the license to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they just kept doing it and 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 re-released After the Bomb with all the mutant animals in it, just without all the turtle references, which was interesting. Um, we played that years ago with Julian and Steve, Erica, and Brendan, I believe were the full team, uh, in a campaign called B is for Bomb. And a few years later, we followed up with a not so much a sequel as a spin-off in uh, last year's Road Hogs, The Furry Road, uh, where uh, Derek, Ori, Cassie, and... Um, <laughs> it was amazing. Who was the... It was... Uh, and Steve. And Steve rejoined, Steve. but playing Steve a different character. Steve. He was just playing a different character because his original character died in the first campaign. Um, and uh, and we played through what... In the first one, which was more of an A-team... Uh, urban setting uh the second campaign was uh i basically had watched mad max five times that year and uh and i just did that with a bit of fallout 4 thrown in for good measure uh yeah Yeah, you can can always you can always tell when my games came out based on what was happening in pop culture at the time (laughs) (laughs) like i just you know uh, so we'll see what happens in this game Uh, i don't know I, i did just watch arrival uh so maybe that'll be interesting uh for this third chapter in our After the Bomb world, uh, I've pulled out from the box the expansion pack Mutants in Orbit. And I don't know why I was really like full of suspense when I said... I don't know why I I had that with suspense because it was in the name of the podcast, so you already know. You've known for five minutes that we were playing Mutants in Orbit, but I was (laughs) trying to be a surprise. First, we should set your characters because some time has passed, and unlike previous campaigns, uh, we actually need to explain how um, characters got from one campaign to this campaign. Um, When Julian arrives, probably in the next episode, we'll have scenes with him that will go back in time to explain how he got from the East Coast to this location. Uh, But for now, he's a presence, uh, but I'm just going to ignore that he's around. but we need to set things up with Mutorque, don't we, Derek? Yes, we do, and it's glorious. You have been so excited to play Mutorque, and uh, and I, I love Mutorque. There were a couple He's times where I'm like, favorite characters. "Slow down, Derek! You got control over your character, but not over the total narrative here." Sorry, <laughs> I've got I'll a plan for the campaign. <laughs> no, it's fine. I've enjoyed the enthusiasm. Um, where we begin your character is. Uh, in the moments immediately at the end of the furry road, uh, returning from was it Eastwatch by the Sea? Was that uh, I got the map here? Um, Eastwatch, no, Eastwatch. No, it's Bakersfield. Eastwatch by yeah, no, Bakersfield by the Sea, yes. and it was actually in the town of Tipton is where the um, the parade was happening. So wait, no at- shit, really? We're in Tipton? Isn't that a location in New Vegas? Maybe it's definitely like it's it's a real coast. Like it's it's not a Bethesda doesn't own that. It's an actual place on uh, Highway 99. Um, so, like Fresno. So, the uh, after leaving Bakersfield by the sea and stopping the launch from um, the, uh, uh, the human purists who were trying to, uh, 
I believe their plot was they had built some kind of crystallized psionic weapon that was going to liquefy animal DNA or something insane yes. like that. And uh, uh, Steve's character was able to reach in and pull the crystal out, but in doing so, his arm withered and turned into like a regular coyote arm. So he... he yeah, it was kind yep. of cool little. And I had a psychic fight with the brain of the antagonist uh, of the yeah, first game. Yeah, who, who no one since no one was from the first game, you didn't know it was Churchill from B is for Bomb. Um, but uh, that was more like a, like the editor's note at the bottom of a comic book frame. Like true believers, true believers, you might remember this from episode one. Um, yes. And so yeah, it was a, a bit of a shoehorned uh, Churchill Machiavellian scheme after all, as the uh, emperor Empire of Man. And uh, Churchill Industries tried to uh, make sure that the earth could be pure. Uh, at the end of that campaign, there was a parade. And that's where we set things off with, <laughs> with, uh, with a nice little moment with uh, 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 Kilgrave. Uh, not Kilgrave, uh, uh, Rosegrave. Uh, Rosegrave. Rosegrave. The Navy uh, SEAL. Uh, Kissinger Rosegrave, the uh, Navy SEAL, who's also a SEAL. And... Uh, he uh, he was in his car in his jeep. You had done some <laughs> modifications to it, and just as they like cross the line during the parade, and the ticker tapes are coming down, and everyone's coming out of hiding and celebrating the victory and 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 heralding the new heroes, uh, all the wheels came off the car, completely collapsed. The engine smokes up, and it comes to a stop. And it was a great moment. Ah, ha, 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 freeze frame credits roll. <laughs> I thought the freeze frame was as they were chasing me out of town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, as they were, as they were starting to change. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, as you're starting, and then the, yeah, then the music starts playing, and and oh, Mutorks off to it again. However, as the people are are beginning to uh, are not so much chasing you, but you're just running away. Um, the what happened immediately after that car breaking down. Um, and it would have been really interesting if characters like Gassy and Steve had been able to make it to this game. But uh, instead, Mutork, it's all on your own. Uh, you're standing there uh, on the road uh, looking at uh, uh, Kissinger's uh, car as it's just, or Jeep as it's broken down when uh, rumbling underneath the ground uh, starts to break out from you. And uh, all around you, the ground breaks open uh, and, and dirt gets flung into the air and you see what look like giant drill bits coming out of the ground. Uh, and uh, it, it's surrounding you um, as, as, you're, as you're making it out of town. And uh, just as they break the ground and the body of, of the, uh, the ships the drill bits are attached to, they launch uh, smoke grenades out in each direction, completely obscuring. Between the dirt and the smoke, you can't see your hand in front of you. And... Uh, uh, by any, uh, and of course, Derek, I'm not going to completely take away your autonomy here. If you want to speak up about what you're doing, tell, let me know. But I'll just keep describing it if you, if you stay uh, silent. Mutork's literally just pointing at the people who are start, who even thinks they're starting to come after him. It's like, oh yeah, you you don't know Mutork power. So Look, <laughs> him have control. Him have associated with the army of the Underminer. <laughs> and as the smoke grenades by Great are Bob. Up, He's literally just sort of dancing in a circle with his hands out in the air. And as you start dancing, you start noticing around uh, red beams of laser light that are cutting through oh, the, uh, the the smoke <laughs> as uh, you hear uh, the, a mechanical sound that sounds like a door opening, uh, likely from inside these vehicles. Oh, okay. And you see from the laser light uh, shifting through the smoke um, uh, black figures or black clad figures, um, uh, a little shorter than you. Mo all of them are actually only between like 
four and a half to five feet. So they're quite short. Uh, but they've all got uh, laser sight assault rifles as uh, as they move and surround you with the smoke. Um, oh, okay. And he stops asking. He's like, oh, kitty litter. Um, you <laughs> torque didn't do it? You hear um, uh, like a radio voice through the helmet. Think like a stormtrooper helmet. Yeah. Saying, get inside. Yeah, okay. Oh, you do? No resistance? Dude, how many of them are pointing guns at me? Look, if if Utark had some kind of machine with him right now... Three ships he, came out of the ground. Two came out from each ship. So you're looking at six sort of... There are of six guys pointing Special forces commandos. Utark's crazy. He doesn't think he's immortal. <laughs> so, so one of them grabs you by the arm and leads you inside of the second ship that came out of the ground, the one that came out right in front of you. And it's all dark inside. And you see the light from the outside as the door closes shut and a rumbling noise. And like being in an elevator, you feel yourself descend into the ground. Uh, so Utark starts humming to himself. You feel a prick in the back of your neck. Oh god, they prepared for me! They knew what I was going to do! <laughs> god damn it! And you begin to feel like you just want to have a nice nap. Mumble, Some... mumble, mumble, fall over purr. So, you wake up at indeterminate time. Uh, you don't know how much time has passed. Uh, and you're in um, My watch doesn't work. Not so much a cell. Uh, well, it's a cell, uh, but it's like um, uh, not a prison uh, uh, room. But uh, uh, you're you're uh, tied down onto a table. Um, uh, think of like a medical examination room. Um, and uh, there's a, a monitor uh, keeping track of your vitals. Uh, there's a camera on you, and uh, a soldier. Um, uh, he's in a uniform, so you assume he's a soldier. Uh, looks like a prairie dog, uh, sitting cross-legged, uh, sleeping in the corner. Whoa. Utorkam have wildest dream. He am dream that aliens from underground abduct him and probe him and... Yeah, no... No clue. <laughs> the, the prairie dog wakes up from his nap, sees that you're talking to himself, has like a moan of startle, like, oh, crap, I fell asleep, opens the door and runs out silently without saying any word to you. Um, oh, Justin. Yeah? Is the, uh, are, are the machines I'm hooked up with, too, are they networked at all? No, we're talking uh, old school, <laughs> um, uh, just vitals. They're just blood pressure, heartbeat. Temperature, okay. that kind of thing, yeah. um, but it's uh, uh, it's not even like a digital system. Uh, think something closer to what you would have seen in a '60s or '70s movie. Okay. A um, uh, few minutes pass. Door opens up again, and this time a uh, uh, oh, you know what? Let's let's uh, roll on the table. I, I he wasn't going to be a prairie dog, <laughs> um, and I'm not going to do the table roll because I don't actually know what page it's on because again I don't know why I keep playing this game uh, it's full of charts um, the uh, uh, it's a um, a bison uh, big this guy's uh, uh, like seven feet got a hunchback think Torin from World of Warcraft uh, comes walking through he's got a, a lab coat and uh he walks in and apologizes for the treatment and the, m the manner that you were brought here, uh, but it was vitally important that we brought you in discreetly, quietly, and securely. Um, and uh, 
he, he looks at a chart at the bottom of your bed and then looks up at you and might I add, it is a pleasure to finally get to meet you, Mr. Torque. Well, got, um, this am better. Uh, I actually thought originally that this character might be played by Amanda Tapping, but uh, I think uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm uh, going with... Uh, yes, I want Samantha Carter as okay, a bison. So, so Samantha Carter as a, as a seven-foot-tall bison uh, <laughs> comes through uh, this room, and it's a pleasure to finally meet you. She seems genuinely excited to uh, be in the same room as you. And uh, it has a little bit of like, a, uh, like being starstruck, or like like meeting your hero, or or bumping into a celebrity, like that kind of thing. Um, clearly, there's a reputation. There's something else going on. Um, she uh, uh, introduces herself as uh, as as a as a lead engineer for a very um, specialized program. Uh, it's unorthodox. It's it's working with many of the different. Uh, states uh, 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 around uh, old North America, um, but have uh, engineer. They had been looking for someone like you for quite a while, and and then you set off all the alarm bells, and it alerted us to your location. <laughs> Justin. Um... Can I make a uh, physical prowess roll? I mean, I have a physical prowess of 16 sure. to slip out of the restraints. You can. All right. Let's see. <laughs> Do I work by Roger Rabbit rules? That's a seven. Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> You're, yeah. he, he, he struggles a bit, but then he just kind of turns it into a really casual kind of like cat stretch. And, 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 and uh, uh, what what should we call uh, this this uh, unfortunately the, the three names? What should we call uh, Amanda Tapping's character here? Do, do you only have guy names? Unfortunately, uh, the, the 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 name bank that I had uh, for uh, for our Patreon supporters was uh, were all, they all presented mail. Them. Um, I and, used uh, them all. In, I used all the girls in Suicide Squad. Yeah, you did. You really did. Um, uh, Oh, do, 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 do. Just, um, just call them Blair. Yeah, well, you know what, uh, 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 Doctor. I'm trying to come up with a bison name that's not just Smith. Um, Vega. It uh, will always be Smith. Doctor August. Doctor August. Okay. Uh, right. And she uh, uh, assures you this is this is just temporary, just to make sure that you got here healthy. We don't want any harm to come to you. Uh, you'll be freed out. We just need to explain uh, what. Uh, what you're here for. And they have a program and they have engineers working and they're unable to solve a particular problem. And, and thankfully, they know that there are people like you out there in the world who have a, a special connection with machinery. And even though she's an engineer, she's also um, someone who's done extensive research into psionics and into... Uh, mutations that aren't just physical, but have manifested uh, in the form of powers. Extremely rare, very powerful and unpredictable, and sometimes they manifest in the most useful of ways. Wouldn't you agree, Mr. Torque? Of course, yeah. you don't, you've never really known that you had those powers. You just thought you were building things, right? Well, and there was the talking to machines in his head, but 
once again, Mutork's kind of crazy, so he doesn't really think much about these things. So she walks to the side of the bed, she uncuffs your wrist, and she hands you a folder. And as you take the folder and you look at it, um, you see written on the front in a stamped letter. <laughs> no, no, I see written on the front. I don't have literacy. You don't have Remember, literacy. Um, this was integral the last time. I recognized the word Bob. Okay, so... So Mutark flips through it, and he flips through it like he's... Like, you, you, you flip through it, okay, but this one has diagrams. Uh, oh, you, you don't recognize the name on the front of the folder. Uh, it was it was two words. Uh, you think, um, but when you open it up and you start flipping through, you see schematics and diagrams. What look like a truck. Uh, what looks like blueprints and 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 theoretical uh, schematics uh, for some kind of engine. And uh, on one of the last pages, I mean, Mutork, I know you're illiterate, but surely you recognize the drawing of a spaceship when you see one, right? Yes. There's just a long pause. Mutor flips through it, scratches at his kitty beard, looks at her. Do I want to send truck to space? Space truck? The scientist smiles. So you're on board. Yes. Let me show you where you're going to be working. And she okay. uh, unhooks you from the chair, or unhooks you from the from the uh, from the uh, from the bed, and uh, and and leads you out. Um, it's at this point here, uh, Andy and Mike. Um, I need to know your characters' names. Something for me. Light for my character. Light. We'll take that as a surname for now. We'll figure out if you have a first name. But uh, you are uh, uh, you 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 are uh, Agent Light and uh, Dodd. Uh, what what were we calling your character? Sid Hamilton, you just call me Hamilton or Hammy. Sid Hammy. Sid Hamilton. Considering <laughs> how my character speaks, I'll probably be using Hammy a lot more. Okay. All right. So, Sid Hamilton, to introduce you to our listening audience, is uh, you're a duck. Um, what uh, are you uh, like? A, like a Donald Duck, white, or you're like a mallard? Uh, help uh, describe describe your kind duck like to us. Like a yellowish uh, duck, basically. Um, if Rubber Judge Dredd and Howard the Duck had a bastard child, describe how I look. Yeah, <laughs> you you grew up in the frontier as a uh, gun for hire militia, but you had you have an affinity for. Um, uh, well, your IQ is not that high, so not so much numbers, but you're 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 quick on your feet. You have very high mental acuity, um, and uh, you're you've been a fast learner, and you are always one to take like the risky stuff with the technology no one else knows, and 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 learn how to make things work, and uh, quickly got a reputation of being like a guinea pig. If someone needed a, a a tank tested or a truck or eventually even an airplane. Um, you were the one they could hire to do that. Uh, test pilots are impossible to find in the apocalypse, and here you were uh, ready to hire. Um, you spent your early years as a um, mercenary in the uh, uh, bovine uh, free states, which is like the vast parts of the Midwest from the East Coast uh, up to um, around uh, even as far as Nevada. 
or what was Nevada, um, run by mostly uh, mutated cows who all live in uh, city states uh, quite peacefully, uh, but they still need uh, protection. Uh, most of them are pacifists or traders, uh, artisans, and uh, so they hire um, people like you to uh, you know do the stuff they can't do. Uh, exactly, um, and so you became known as a was a, a, a duck of fortune, right? The duck that no one fucks with. Yeah. And the, uh, yeah, don't fuck with the duck was actually like written on the back of one of your jackets at one point. You've got a studded leather jacket as your armor. And uh, maybe that's, you've just gone like old biker on this thing on the back because whatever, Mad Max. And at some point during your jobs, you were offered a, a contract with the Prairie Dog Imperium. A very reclusive imperium exists mostly underground. They are very territorial about the borders of their empire. Uh, They don't let strangers in. They don't really let strangers out uh, who enter into their territory. And most people don't really know what their motivations are Uh, to the point where, uh, if we remember from the furry road, uh, the roadhogs, their territory doesn't really extend much into the uh, uh, inland from from the from the coastline, um, because of the Prairie Dog Imperium's territory butting right up against them, and uh, the uh, residents of that village that they met the uh, the, the bat that Kissinger uh, took them to, they wanted to run off uh, as uh, basically refugees into the Prairie Dog Imperium. Uh, to give you a parallel, think of them almost like the Romulan Empire from Star Trek, um, the, but less xenophobic. <laughs> okay. So they offered you a job, very few details, only that they needed someone of very particular skill and uh, someone who would be willing to train for a mission that would take uh, uh, years to prepare for. Um, Through that training, uh, they had you underwater. They've had you in uh, vacuum chambers. They've tested out suits on you. They've given you additional skills. They had you in... um, jerry-rigged uh, uh, flight simulators where, I mean, it's not even like a computerized simulator so much as you're in a barrel and someone's on the outside rocking it back and forth as <laughs> they're responding to your control stick. Um, and uh, uh, but, but getting you prepared for things in, in uh, uh, high Gs and uh, uh, so, so that's how you have the skills that you have even though um, – Technically, you shouldn't have them uh, at this time. Um, skills like uh, being able to um, conserve your oxygen or uh, have uh, better movement in low gravity or no gravity situations, uh, as well as because of the underwater tests, uh, being comfortable in uh, a vacuum suit uh, for uh, uh, EVAs. Um, it doesn't take you long before you realize that they're not preparing you for a regular mission, but uh, they, uh, they're not sending you out so much as going to be sending you up. It's around this time uh, that you'll bump into Mutork as uh, he's been giving a tour of the facility. Um, you have finally been given clearance to learn what your mission is. And when you walk into the hangar, uh, Again, underground, an old missile silo uh, that the Prairie Dogs um, commandeered some time ago. Um, 
let's say because they're through Nevada, maybe this is, uh, yeah, somewhere around like the nuclear testing facilities when they're out there in the desert. Um, there's a there's a missile silo here with with a bunch of underground. Did you ever see that one that was on sale online a few years ago? Yeah, yeah, that's the one, right? With all those like domed rooms and and different areas for sleeping compartments and cafeterias, and uh, and the whole thing's underground. The prairie dogs love it that way. And um, and in this center of this silo is the strangest thing you've ever seen. It 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 looks like. Uh, what you would have seen from drawings of of a space program, like a rocket, um, but it's also a truck. Like it's just like a giant big rig that's been heavily modified over um, however many years they've had this thing here. Um, it looks like they've put things on, taken things off, constantly trying stuff out. There's burn marks on the wall. There's a uh, there's a sign uh, four days since injury on the wall. Um, and uh, engineers, prairie dogs, all over the place, um, uh, and uh, uh, and and different bovine uh, with uh, welding guns and uh, uh, just working all around. It's it's quite busy. And in the center of the room is Mutork, looking um, up at this. Mutork, for the record, looks like a. Um... He's a black and white cat. He's mostly black. He's got white paws. He's got a white stripe down the middle of his head. Yep. Um, he's kind of got almost like a ruff around his neck. Not like a mane, but more like the cat equivalent of a crazy hobo beard. Okay. Um, or he, like the almost like a Duck Dynasty beard. Um, and he is wearing a mechanics jumpsuit that looks more or less like a vault suit. Um, it's blue and yellow. There's a big patch on his left breast just says bob on it yeah and he he is exuding kitty glee in all directions uh dr august is trying what the hell is this one doing here the uh the the a bison that you haven't seen yet dodd uh which we now know as uh dr august is trying to talk to mutork and uh mutork doesn't seem to be paying much attention right now uh, it's quite overwhelming, I understand. But we've had problems with uh, fuel no, 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 lines no, no, no. and no, no. sources. and uh, Up the there, up there. And he points at one part of the truck with uh, with a finger, and the claw comes out. Up there. We am put. Yes. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. M- Mutork am no... How, how we okay? Look, you have trouble get thing off ground. That no problem. Mutor gets things off ground all time. Oh, well, um, I, I understand, and I and I, and I get I, what we. There's one last thing you should know, and she's starting to look a little oh. uncomfortable here. Yes. While what? you have the ability to build just about anything, I believe, um, fueling it is going to be a more tricky matter. We have uh, procured um, fuel sources. And uh, there's no easy way to say this. So if you'll – and as, as that happens, you see um, some bison pushing a giant barrel with uh, Empire of Humanity logos around it. And uh, it's, a, it's an energy core. Um, it seems to be glowing from the inside. Um, would you be able to do anything with this? She points at uh, what we can. Um, Meta game so is some kind of ion energy source. Utork looks at the duck who just looked at him, grabs his face with both with his paw, and just pulls it down in this long suffering look, 
as if to as if to mentally kind of transmute this what a bunch <laughs> of rubes looks at the core this purse starts building up in his throat and, and then he seems to think a moment get gets what is from you torque a poker face looks to dr august yes mutork can do <laughs> okay we're all gonna die down here we're all gonna die down here oh you're not going to die duck man mutork have not blown up anything in starts counting on his paws mutork actually not know what day it, it am so <laughs> uh between 10 minutes and whenever now am do i know dr august you um you you wouldn't have had any reason to. You might have recognized her during one of your uh, your tests uh, as uh, many of the researchers that would be watching around with clipboards, but you haven't really talked directly. I was going to introduce your contact just now, um, as I still look for the sheet so that I can roll. Uh, uh, oh, here it is. Quick sheet for mutants. Um, let me just pull this out because this is my fun, this is the fun part is where I don't pick out the animal you meet. I let the game decide. Any possible animal. Uh, it's actually going, uh, oh, what? roll for flying. Um, so roll again. Uh, oh. 38 puts us, <laughs> okay. Uh, I apologize oh, no. for the stereotypicalness, but a general, uh, who has been, uh, your commander it, since you've arrived. Uh, it's an eagle, isn't it? Is he general? He is. Uh, <laughs> is oh, no. eagle. Oh, God. It's Sam the Eagle. It's it, it's Sam the Eagle, but it, you you know him as uh, uh, Captain David S. P. Kin, and uh, uh, Captain Kin has been um, involved directly in your uh, uh, in your arms training and in your equipment, and uh, and has been the one that has led the recruitment of choosing the members that are going to be part of this team. Um, he has never told you why this mission is happening, um, but that, that, that's going to happen in this episode. Uh, he enters in and calls your attention, Sid. Is it Sid? Sid. Yeah, um, to, uh, I see you've met your engineer. Uh, that the, thing's uh, an engineer. The, uh, oh. the, the equipment that they're rolling in today... Um, Came at great expense. Uh, we know we can trust you to pull this off. However, unfortunately, it meant certain compromises. You have a new member of your team. Um, if you'll follow me. Uh, and uh, he leads you and signals that Mutork should follow as well. Uh, since you're all going to be working very close together, um, you should know that uh, all of the equipment is being supervised by a representative uh, that's being brought in in order to work this out. It was the only thing that we could do to make sure that this launch could happen without you being shot out of the sky. Uh, we've all agreed that it's better for everyone to put differences aside and work together because we don't know yet what the risks involved are. Uh, for the world as we know it. And he opens up the door and he's still sort of talking. You enter into a briefing room sitting at the other side of a table dressed in full, um, uh, like, uh, 
plastic arm. Uh, uh, what, what did I have written down? I, I called it a specific thing. Um, plastic uh, plated. Plas- plastic plated armor. Uh, uh, blue uh, with uh, with with red fringes and a uh, a helmet set off aside um, with uh, logos and a, and a rank um, uh, indicating him as a lieutenant is a uh, uh, is is a dog. Uh, from the Empire of Humanity. And while he's sitting down there, his, he's, is, uh, he, well, how to describe him? He's about five foot nine, five foot ten, height wise. Um, white fur, full on dog face, full muzzle and all. Uh, it's a Husky Jack look of appearance. Do you know what a Husky Jack is, everyone? I'm yeah. assuming it's a Husky cross with a Jack Russell. That's one. Mm hmm. Uh, he's sitting there, and his uh, he's basically panting. <laughs> so, and as, he, as he come in, he stands up. Might help you to work with you guys. Yep. Huff. You have not say anything about Mutork having to work with dog person. I don't recall saying you were working with anyone. You're working for us, and I didn't think I gave you a choice. But he am puppy man. They am work for bad human peoples. If we don't work with them, we'll be working against them. The last thing we need is an arms race that they will win. They have the fuel and the technology, and they are decades ahead on a project like this. The only thing we have that they don't is you. Let Mutork put a couple of ion cannons swirling the earth. Sir, are you telling me the future of this arms race is in his hands and the puppies? Say, oh, without, this day just keeps getting better. Without Mr. Torque's unique abilities, we will never be able to launch. And without this, without the Empire's help, they will launch, but they won't be able to launch in time. So they've agreed to cooperate. And I'm not easy about this either. These are the same people who would like to wipe us off the planet. You'll forgive me, sir, if I have my doubts about the success of this. They need a planet to live on as well, though. So. Yeah. Oh, fine. Mutor can already save world once. It's what am another time? It's at point that a, uh, uh, a non-commissioned prairie dog officer comes in through uh, the door with uh, like a... Uh, not a uh, like a drawing board with a bunch of briefing uh, notices, um, and Captain Kin begins to reveal to you the purpose of this mission. Uh, they have known for some time now the Prairie Dog Imperium, and they believe now the Empire of Humanity. They just obviously were not sharing information that um, the world did not end exactly the way we thought it did with the Great Death. That when the bombs fell, those who were in orbit and in what we believe were colonies that were in their early stages, uh, we had assumed were destroyed, cut off. After a hundred years, there was no way anyone could have ever survived. Um, Certainly, we lost all of our technology and have had to rebuild. However, for some time now, we have known that there are still satellites orbiting. We can see them sometimes with the naked eye. Um, and that there were occupants on board those ships. 
We've never had any way to directly communicate. As uh, most people are unaware, part of the apocalypse involved ionizing the atmosphere in a way that prevents radio signals from exiting Earth. So we've never been able to reach out to them. They've never been able to reach down to us. And since no one was dropping bombs, we had more pressing matters to attend to. As he looks at the, uh, the lieutenant dog commando in the room with a, a stare that only a bald eagle can give. He looks at it very nonchalant, just sitting there listening intently while still the tongue's still hanging out. However, things escalated thanks to you, Mr. Torque. Your, uh, shall we say, adventures set off a number of alarm bells. Torque saved the world and he have not apologized for it. Yes, yes. So they say, um, however, one thing... have magic crystal thingy which demutate people back into animal form, which they then die from. We know about the outbreak of disease that came down the West Coast, but uh, you know, we are still investigating. It was their crystal. I'll tell you what did happen. When that rocket almost launched at Eastwatch, uh, at Bakersfield by the sea. You're welcome. It set off a number of alarm bells. Old radar detection and missile detection and anti-nuclear attack. They all activated. Systems we thought were dead for a long time turned on and turned this planet into a red beacon. If those upstairs didn't know we were here, they, they know we're now. here now. And as of two months ago, uh, because, uh, oh no, uh, I, can't, I can't skip ahead that much time. As of since your adventures, we have been receiving this signal and he starts a tape recorder um, that was on the table and it has just a, it, 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 well, it sounds like a modem sound. Um, they can't decipher it. It's, it's sending a signal that's not analog uh, and we, they don't have the receivers anymore to pick up what it is sending or what it is saying, what information is being delivered. Uh, can, can I translate it, Justin, since I speak machine? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Um, could can you even even uh, on a magnetic tape? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know it's a voice, but you don't have uh, many languages, do you? I have a language. Yeah, I'm so, not even sure it's a full language. So you recognize it as a voice, a voice that's talking, um, and it's on a language you understand. Um, it's a deep voice, and it's on, um, it's on some kind of a loop, uh, like, uh, each time it says it, a, a part of the message changes, uh, and, and it repeats itself. Um, I don't, I can't tell you if Captain Kin knows that that's what's in the message. He tells you that, uh, they haven't, they don't know what it says. They don't understand it. Um, voice saying funny words. Weird question. Now, are psionics a thing? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, in in oh, the second case. Why doesn't somebody, why doesn't somebody read Mutork's mind while he's hearing 
the tape. Let's translate it in real time. They're too rare. There's no psionics on the base. Sure. That, that's how Mutork is reading the tape. He's the, actually reading it using his own psionic powers. Ah. Yeah. Oh, wait, Justin. And, and Dodd, I'll tell you, psionics an... in my world of Roadhogs uh, are in the 1%. They are incredibly rare, which is one reason why, you know, the prairie dogs don't have any other option. They don't have any other scions. They know uh, they have people who can research it, but it's more like picking up dead bodies and doing autopsies on them after the fact um, based off of uh, anecdotal information. Uh, Justin? Yeah? Can I transmit the information to another machine? Um, like, I can I make the tape player actually sound, um, speak out what I'm hearing? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, you can communicate with machines and you can chat with them like you did with the alarm system in the last yeah. campaign. But to be able to take a message that you can't even really understand, uh, you can't use your brain as like a, a go-to. You could, I, I that you could right. transfer that image and transmit it into another machine if you want to put it over a loudspeaker, but you wouldn't – it would still be the modem sounds to everyone else. Okay. That's fine. Um, and uh, – what would be uh, the equivalent of a bluff in this? Would it be um, affinity or affinity physical beauty? Affinity. Affinity? Yeah, yeah affinity. affinity. Uh, Andy, will you roll me a d20, please? Oh, my God, Justin. Are they speaking in Quebecois French? Say again? Are they speaking in Quebecois French? You're all speaking at the same time. Andy, Sorry. please say what you were saying. I didn't, I didn't say anything. I was just oh. getting myself a dice ready to roll. Oh, okay. Then who was talking so, to me? So, Emmy? You want me to roll Emmy, right? Yes, please. Uh, M-A. Oh, M-A? Oh, uh, no, you're right. Mental, uh, not acuity. Yeah. Emmy. I want you to roll Emmy. It's kind of low. Uh, I rolled a nine. My Emmy's eight. Yeah, so you guys notice the, um, the dog. Uh, his ears uh, have perked up and have given away that he uh, seems uncomfortable, like he's trying to hide something from the group. He doesn't even know he's trying to hide it. That's how bad his poker face is. Doggy, I know what, he, what I'm being said. What I'm being said, dog person. Never trust dogs. Uh, uh, the, the Captain Kin raises one eyebrow and goes, well, that's without a doubt. The Empire of Humanity isn't one to share information. And I doubt they would have sent a representative if what they received wasn't... Something that concerned them as well. So, what we need from you is to go up there. We can't send a message to them. We can't receive a message from them. So we need to send you to talk. Sid, that's where you come in. You're the best person for the job. And your physical skills, your background, your training, they prepare you for... The first space mission in a hundred years. Right. Mr. Torque. Sorry, what was that? I said, I, I suppose this is supposed to be a diplomatic encounter. Peacefully. Well, presumably. Presumably. We would like to know that they come in peace. However, there were weapon platforms. We don't know what survived uh, <laughs> the war up there. We don't know what to expect. So you are going up as... Hopefully a negotiator, but officially your first contact is to make sure there is still an Earth at the end of this mission. We don't know what their intentions are. And when you get up there, you may not have a way to communicate back to us. So, yeah. So potentially <laughs> a one-way trip, but make sure that what I leave behind stays behind. 
Yeah, the prairie dogs won't send their own. Too afraid to leave home and never return there. Kind of stuck on the ground, if you know what I mean. But they um, go downwards, and it's oh, just, down is up, so they um, go upwards. Obviously, Mr. Torque will need to remain on board for reasons I'm sure he will elaborate if he ever learns how his abilities actually work. Oh, okay, look. It a very, it's going to be very precise. Idea. And he just grabs a whiteboard marker and starts drawing on the whiteboard. And they're actually very, very cogent mechanical diagrams that he's putting out. Okay, okay. So It's not a whiteboard so much. It's, it's, it's a drawing board with his paper briefings onto it, but you're just scribbling now all over them. Yes, yes, yes. I am. Okay, okay. But they're very, they're actually very cogent mechanical diagrams because I've got a mechanical engineering at 60%. Oh, yeah, no, you're a legitimate mechanic. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bear, bear with you, Tor. So we, we get it off the ground. We, we bounce waves around inside the thingy, and then it'll hit the doodle mabob, which will send it upward. But since in space, down is up, it am like we just falling, falling, falling into the void. Okay, so you're smart enough not to get me killed and to keep things running. That's all I need to know. Well, and if there's danger out there, Mutor can think of great idea for what to do. You see, you draw metal thing on magnet, and it fall towards the magnet. But what if you have many magnets? Then it am fall between the magnets, and they am keep pushing and pushing until it goes super fast. And he literally just throws his hands up in the air and looks he at everyone. Have like, a Gauss rifle? <laughs> Is that what you say? Yeah. Mutor like, okay, can have you are not a blue. Mutor can make it up when he am eating him kittyos. Oh, and Captain Kin speaks up. And of course, Lieutenant Light here will be your second in command, Sid. Good, you know how to follow He reports orders, directly to you, but uh, it was necessary that he be on the crew for us to get the required fuel in order to launch on time. We believe the message may be a countdown. Oh, that's good. It do, it do change every time it repeat. Mr. Torque, can you have the ship ready to go in one month? Yes. You have the engineer core at your disposal. Sid, will you be able to go in one month? Absolutely. I just want to maybe give these boys some additional combat training because uh, once we get up there, it's going to be different than anything they've ever experienced. You tell us what we need. We'll try and make it work out. There's Why limited does Tony space. Combat training? There's limited space on Not zero G kid. Limited space on the vessel. I don't know how many people they'll be on, be able to get on board. That will probably be entirely up to you, Mister Torque. Quackers seems that Quackers makes point. Mm. Oh great, he's a racist dog. Oh, New <laughs> York points two two fingers at his eyes and then points them at the dog. It's watching you. Mm. I shoot you both, but I need you. So let's get the work, guys. The table is set. The mission is left out. Uh, it, it has been revealed. Your team has been formed. We have but one more person to join us at the table in the next episode. I hope he'll be here. But we're going to end it here. Not a whole lot of dice rolling, but it, it it takes a lot to explain how we're going from Mad Max into space. And I want to make sure that it felt logical enough because I can guarantee you it's going to get weird. It's going to get, once you're in, once you're in orbit, it's going to get weird. 
and we I lost cannot... our rent on the Mad Max uh, sets, and now we have the Firefly sets that we're renting. Pretty much, really... yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a bit of a licensing agreement change, <laughs> exactly. and uh, the, the back lot got replaced. Like you know how the original Star Trek, uh, Desilu Studios, they had no budget to build the sets. They were constantly going across the street to Paramount and asking hey, them, like, up. what can we use? And they're like, well, we're not using the Western set this week. So they would write scripts around the Western set. And that's how yeah. you got weird episodes with mafia and Roman gladiators and uh, 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 and, and, and cowboys. Uh, you know, that's, it was because explains so much. they were actually – so in a weird way, the original series is like a, a twisted cross-section of American pulp uh, movie history. Uh, and, um, and yeah, uh, yeah, exactly, Andy. Once you hear that, you're like, oh, that's why it got so weird sometimes. <laughs> And that's what's happened in this game. We had the back lot that we were using with Metro Golden Mare, uh, and then they like changed everything around and went sci-fi, and now we're having to do everything on green screen. They, well, they also they they sold off all of their Mad Max sets to this weird HBO show about zombies and cowboys and stuff, and it doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah, but now we got Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I wonder who he'll be playing next episode. All right. All I can. Yep. Oh, I was, I was gonna say, uh, uh, that wasn't even a funny joke. Uh, from the Terrible Warriors, I have been joined around this table by my intrepid crew of brave mouse cat duck. No, mouse, uh, the dog, dog, mouse, and a duck. And dog, we've, cat, and a duck. Dog, I don't even, guys. I have uh, one more cat to join this table. Uh, but for now, I have been joined from Edmonton. I'm Derek the Bard from Chasing the Muse. And from Skype. And who's in the toilet? Oh, he left? We're not done yet. He's got he to say Thanks, Blair. And uh, well, that was that was doing it live, folks. <laughs> and uh, and and uh, here from Patreon is one of our wonderful supporters. We've also been joined by Andy Hughes. Thank you so much for being a part of us. Uh, this has been um, a slow episode, but a necessary one because when we come back next week, the mutants are going into orbit. The Terrible Warriors has new episodes every Tuesday and every Thursday, and Mutants in Orbit will return in two weeks' time. We're going back to that every other week thing on our Tuesday releases, because on the next Tuesday episode, we are going back to Ravenloft, dead by dawn's light. As we inch ever closer to the finale of this story arc, our adventurers are trapped in a castle. They are running out of time, and they know if they're still in there when the sun rises... They'll join the dead. And on Thursdays, every Thursday this month, Derek the Bard and his Edmonton crew are taking a trip through the strange. There's multiple worlds. Moriarty's the bad guy. If you're not caught up on the strange, all of our campaigns are organized into playlists, basically just like albums, at TerribleWarriors.com. Just click the adventure page. They're all there. As well, if you're interested in supporting the show... You can still do that at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. You could be sitting in the same chair that Anderson was and join us on a future campaign or have your names mentioned as an NPC or, and this is something we're going to be starting this month, you can sign up to have postcards sent out 
at the completion of each campaign. The postcards will have the campaign art printed on the front, messages written on the back by any players I can get who can write a message on the back, it might just be me, and a QR code that will link to the complete campaign, the digital file of the album art, and any additional material that the GMs provide for me to put in there, as well as a link to the secret debrief episode that is only available to Patreon subscribers. That's a really long pitch, I'm sorry but I'm not sorry. Because the Patreon support that has been offered to us is the reason why this show is still running. You are covering our operating costs. You are helping us to pay for campaign costs and the expenses that go into the show. Thank you so much for continuing to make the Terrible Warriors awesome. Today's Terrible Warriors were Mike Dodd, Derek Burrow, and Anderson Hughes, our Patreon supporter, as well as the Game Master Justin Eacock. Until we meet again, thank you for listening, liking, supporting, and being a terrible warrior.